Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? Good, Matty C. I'm well, thank you, mate. How are you? It's a uh, another glorious week here on Australia's Hottest Pod. Glorious week. It's a real kneel of a night, isn't it? Very kneel out there. Neil Balm, I reckon you're going with the balmy yeah. weather out there. Yeah, it is quite balmy, balmy actually. Like, it's not balmy. great weather, but it's sort of 20 degrees. It's a little bit, uh, it's got a bit on it out there. It's interesting. Spring's starting to hit, I think. Spring's hitting. Uh, grand final week. I hope the weather gods just deliver a non rainy shit day, Mako Shark, and we at least get some of the balmy weather on Saturday. And uh, look, I actually also want to say, I think we've clocked footy jumpers. I think we've clocked it. I haven't got a 48, have you? Well, episode 48, as you would be at home, you'd be aware that we try and just sort of cycle in a footy player each week to correspond with the episode number. But at some point, that game is all over. And I reckon about 48, it's over, mate. The game's dead. There's no one left. There's no more numbers. We're going to have to start going to hockey in a, in a couple of months when we get up to 60s and 70s. We, we could just numbers. rehash and try and just do singles. So give me a four and an eight. Just give keep me a going. four and an eight. Yeah, fuck. Give you an Andrew Mackey. Give you a bloody Josh Hunt or something like that. I don't want to do that. Game gets a bit, nah, tr- bit tricky. Nah, game gets 48 weeks in, game. though. Like, it's probably run its course, really, hasn't it? We'll have to Clocked push on. It. We're fast approaching the big 5-0 where we raise the bat. You gloriously missed out on 49, uh, playing B-grade cricket mm. after one of the great – the listeners, the long-time listeners will know. I've, I really uh, – I is it lament? I, I really focus on this shot, Mako, that you played. It is the greatest cricket stroke that's ever been seen with people's eyes. The timing, the sound, the pop, the distance, everything. Mm. Against an opening bowler in a very good grade of cricket, you put him into the tennis courts and then on 49 got bowled. So I'm really hoping our podcast career, you don't start lipping off at 49 and uh, get bold, Mako Shark. Mate, I, I have nightmares about that still to this day. Uh, listeners at home, I played cricket there for how many years, Oregon? Since I was eight, Oregon, I played all the way through mm. to about 25 until we both realised, why the fuck are we playing this game? We can stop. And we went, all right, that's enough. But in that entire time, I did not hit a 50 in my entire career. That was my day there. It was my day to shine, Matthew. And uh, yeah, I got I got cocky. I lipped off to the opening bowler on 49 there and uh, got bowled middle stump. But, you know, these things happen. But I did hit a nice they do, mate, in the tennis shark. courts. And, you know, I've been dining off on that. If you're looking to punt on cricket, tennis or anything we speak about in this podcast, we would steer you urgently towards our great sponsors, Palmerbet. Been on board for a long time now, Mako Shark. A long, long time. It is the greatest application, the smoothest application, the running system, everything about it. The odds are great. Everything's – we just love it to death. We love the team there. Great, fantastic company. And if anyone's going to gamble, we please just uh, urge that you do so responsibly. But if you're going to do it, you go to Palmer Bet, Mako Shark. Now, what have we got Palmer this bet, week and who have we got on? They're stalwarts, Palmer Bet. They're stalwarts yeah. of the podcast and we love them. Australia's greatest Hunting agency, but mm. this week, Matthew, this week we've got a big guest on a heavyweight guest. I'm excited to have him. It was a ripping chat. Uh, the combat wombat, Matthew, one of the great nicknames in all of combat, combat sport. Yeah, Ben Sassoli, the big fella, he's he's joined us, and this is a great chat, Matthew. Anyone out there not familiar with this man's story, I reckon, uh, strap in. This is a good chat. This man's been through a lot. It's been an interesting story, interesting ride, interesting journey. Former UFC fighter. He's been through a lot, Matthew, and uh, he's coming out the other end of it now. And I reckon he's ready to take the world by the scruff of the neck, our man, Ben Sassoli. Mate, uh, very open and honest, too. Another one of these guests that don't hold back. I mean, we, uh, we, ne- I mean, off air, we asked what was off, and he said, no, nah, no, nah, you can speak about anything. And then very open and honest about his, uh, 
you know, his uh, his little issue that he had there with the law and uh, I guess he saw the positive in everything and came out a better man. So uh, you can only commend a fella like that, that uh, A, isn't worried to talk about it and B, can take, uh, I guess, something positive out of something that would have been so horrific at the time. Uh, he comes across as a very uh, chilled out fella, but no doubt there would have been some times there where he was doing it tough. So to come out on the other side and be a better human being, I think you can only commend someone that can do that. And then uh, now he's going, he's looking to get his career back on track. And I reckon you probably, uh, you don't want to be one of his next uh, or any one of his opponents coming on the back end of what he's been through and the uh, the new lease on life he has, Mako Shark, and the respect that he has for the sport and what he wants to do. So I was I was wrapped to get, uh, it was a great get, getting the combat wombat on, Mako, I think. I think it was a ripper. Hey, you're going to hear it, mate. You're going to hear it. Ripping chat, great conversation. He's fighting. It's, as we said, we'll get into it. But first fight in over two years now, back in uh, November 18th, Friday night here at the Melbourne Pavilion on Hex Fight uh, fight Series. It's going to be a hell of a night. The good people down at Hex. We'll be down there, Matthew. We'll be down there cheering on our man. There is no doubt about it. There's going to be a good crowd down there. It's going to be a Probably hell of a heavyweight stuff, tussle. I think, Mako. Moodier. I think we might, We're doing some moodier. We'll see yeah. what happens. We'll try and get mm. some. We are moodier now these days, Matthew. We are moodier. So when you're moody, mm. you get you get official capacity, I reckon. So we're looking forward official. to that. We love the guys down at Hex. Yeah. But uh, look, we won't talk too much shit, will we, Matthew? We'll just jump straight into it because that's what people are here for. So. They're here for the combat wombat, not for us. So let's get into no. it, eh? Let's go. We are back again this week with a very exciting guest. We have the Combat Wombat, Ben Sassoli with us. Thanks for joining us, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Mate, we're super excited to have you, and it's going to be a good one for our listeners. Mate, uh, your first fight back, about, uh, what, eight, nine weeks out. Um, we know a lot about what it is and what, who you're fighting, but just for our listeners, if you wouldn't mind, just uh, give us an update, mate, on, on how camp is and who you're fighting and where that fight will be. Yes, um, I'm fighting uh, November 18 uh, on um, Hex Fight Series 24 against Randall Ray from um, up in Sydney. Uh, and yeah, no, camp's, camp's going well. Kind of into the into the hard part of it now, but yeah, I just I just want to fast forward this. Bro, I hate training. I just want to <laughs> just want to go to fight already. Yeah. I often mate, ask the fighters, said- mate. Sorry, Mick. I was just. I often fight the ask the fighters about if they like their their training. Some you can some just froth it and always say, "Oh, we love it," and and then other fighters just hate that part of it but love the fighting aspect. So it must be annoying. You know, eight or nine weeks out, still a fair way to go. So you just want to get through this part, mate, and get in and do do what you want to do, do what you do best in the fight. Yeah, I kind of just wish I could just fight straight away. I would fight tonight if I could. <laughs> kind of a uh, yeah, a necessary evil in it, having to go through these camps and get yourself ready. But mate, Hex is a pretty good operation. You fought there previously, and uh, you're coming back here now for the interim heavyweight title. Randall Ray's a pretty dangerous man. How are we feeling? Like you're feeling confident and just ready to ready to get back in there? Yeah, I'm really excited, bro. I can't. It's just it's been too long since I've fought professionally in in the cage. So I um yeah, I just can't wait to get back in. 
uh, get all the old feelings back, get the ring rust off, the cage rust, um, and um, yeah, kind of get back back in the in the direction that I wanna wanna be heading in. Um, and also, I'm happy to be fighting in Melbourne as well. So um, I was actually looking at fighting over in Texas, but um, I, I asked my management if I could fight one time here in Melbourne, um, just so that I could um, like have one fight here for everyone to come watch before I kind of shoot off overseas and stuff. And um, Hex have always been real good to me. Tina, Tina and the team are awesome. Love Tina the Death Style. Um, she's been trying to get me on since I got home. She's been nagging me nonstop to fight on the card. So it's good that I, I got managed to get this one, this one in before I head back overseas. Well, we're we're um, excited too, mate, because we're we're Melbourne boys, so we're excited to be able to get down there and see you do that. And it, it's obviously they must have done or have a place in your heart if you're that keen to uh, to fight for for the um, organisation before obviously heading back overseas. But it it's just I think it's a, a sport in this country that's on the rise as well, and you've got a few other you know uh, organisations that are doing great things, and and like we said, Hex is definitely one of those. So it is exciting to be able to fight. Um, in Melbourne and fight for an organisation that's done or holds a place in your heart, I guess, to get you back out on, on to the road that you want to be. Yeah, yeah, especially um, for Hex. So when I first moved to Melbourne and I was fighting a lot, I was fighting at least once a month. Um, uh, yeah, and because I, was, I wasn't from Melbourne, when I would rock up to the fight shows, I kind of never had the, the home crowd advantage and I never really had people that um that were like cheering for me um until i kind of got settled in at resilience and when i first fought at hex it was the first fight that kind of i had like a or a lot of friends and training partners there and so it's good because it now it feels like i'm fighting kind of in, in my in, on my home ground when i when i fight on hex so it's um it's exciting because i don't really get it too often so yeah yeah, as you said, mate, hometown boy, being able to fight in Melbourne again in front of your friends and stuff, that's fantastic. You mentioned uh, resilience and a few of your mates that you're training down there with. You're actually good mates with a couple of friends of the podcast, Mr. Jimmy Crute and the uh, Duke of Canberra. They're good mates yeah, of yours, yeah. training partners. We love them on the podcast. Take us through what it's like training with these two blokes because they're quite characters, both of them. There must, there must be some stories you've got. And what they yeah. uh, they must just fucking just sort of bring the best out of you when you're in the in the training room, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, there's there's we've got lots of stories. Um, we have podcast <laughs> we have podcast rated stories, and then we have other stories as well. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it's awesome. <laughs> um, it's it's awesome with even just me, Jimmy, and Duke because we're we're so we're kind of so different style wise. So you've got Jimmy, who's really uh, he does everything properly. Um, techniques always on. Has um, always got a good game plan. Uh, awesome striking and crazy on the ground. You've got Duke, who's kind of like just a just a young kid from Canberra trying to chase his dreams. Um, awesome judo background. Really, really good grappling. And then you've got me, who kind of just I'm the lazy one that's just way more talented than both of them, and I just kind of bring it all together. So we've got different looks with each other. If we need someone to work with the striking, we need bodies for the ground. Then, um, like with us three, we've we've kind of got all the bases covered, which is good. You don't always associate 
I guess, uh, MMA fighters or boxers or any of the combat sports with teams and teams sort of being in a team sport. But I think it's important that you have guys, obviously you have a gym that you train at, but then obviously you have other, you know, close friends that are obviously in it with you and doing it on that yeah. elite level. And like you said, having different skills that they can help you with it. And it becomes that sort of more of that team environment. You, you learn like you would in a team sport and that obviously ultimately will, um, will make you a better fighter. Yeah, yeah. And uh end of the day, one thing that I was kind of told, uh, I was told earlier in my career was it's always more important to be a better person than it is to be a better fighter. And just all, like hanging out with the guys that I've come up with and training together, it's good because we kind of keep each other grounded as well. If one of us starts trying to act too big for a bit, the other ones will just kind of drag us back down to reality. So um, that's that's always been a uh, good part of having having the boys around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're, they're both ripping fellas, so I imagine they would always bring you, like, just doesn't matter. You wouldn't be able to get too far ahead of yourself hanging out with those type of blows because they would always bring you back down to earth, yeah. I'm sure. But I know both yeah, of them yeah. are going to uh, corner you as well for this fight coming up. It just must be great to have dudes around you that are that close and they can just help you out at all times. And even on fight yeah. night, they're going to be there to offer support, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I, I feel real lucky that I've always, I've always got them. Even if I need them for anything other than training stuff, like any other just stuff in life, if I, if I need to reach out, I can always just send them a message and they'll be there straight away too, which is good. Very important to have that, I think. Um, yeah. Mate, yeah. You, mentioned, you mentioned as well, um, you want to get a little bit of the ring rust out or the cage rust out. So it's it's your first fight since February at my my research or our research says February twenty twenty. So is that a real thing? Is 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 there a danger of coming in off a long um or a longish layoff and and sort of not being a hundred percent in your what you can do or are you you confident in when you know in the training that you hate to do that you'll be okay uh come eight, nine weeks for fight night? The main thing that I'm trying to work on and Dan is getting me to do is just work on my fitness. I just need to make sure that I'm super fit. And as long as I'm fit, then I, then I'll be all right. Uh, I've done I've done I've had layoffs before in the past because I didn't used to take my I didn't used to view MMA as my my main thing. So I used to just kind of live life, do whatever, uh, take a fight every year or eighteen months. I'll take one fight just just to have the fight, and then I was always fine when I did that. So I'm not too worried about the the ring rust. I know it's there. Um, I know that. Um, there's always kind of the possibility that um, after a long, long layoff, you, you just got to make sure your head's in the right space. So I'm just yeah. acting like it's not a thing. And then I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep training and, and yeah, just do everything that I've done in the past and not think about the fact that I haven't really been having, I haven't fought properly. Um, it's not like I haven't had a fight since 2020. Um, I've had a few, but yeah. Um, just in the ring, in the cage, in front of people, and legally. So, yeah, it's a it's a whole it's a whole different story. whole different ball game, mate. Exactly. Look, take us through it, mate. Like it's up to you how much you want to talk about. It. I don't really know, but it's been an interesting sort of journey for you the last couple of years. It's obviously uh, been a hiatus for you. Um, yeah, so what's it like? How was it? And uh, how are you feeling now that you know you're getting ready to get your career back on track? Yeah. Oh, I was kind of. So I was I was matched up to fight in November of 2020, um, but then when I when I, I went to court, so obviously I went through some legal stuff, 
And um, my lawyer told me when I went to come into court for one of my um, court cases, she said, oh, just bring um, bring a bag with like some jocks and some books if you want, because you're going to quarantine and it'll be boring. Um, and I was like, well, what, is, what is this for? <laughs> and then she told me, oh, you'll probably do a few months. You'll probably get locked up for a few oh, months. Um, oh. you'll have to you'll have to quarantine and i was like ah fuck yeah all right um and i was thinking about i knew that we had the option to just apply for bail or try and get my uh get a postponed until after my november fight just so i could have that last fight but i i, I kind of myself and my lawyer were kind of thinking look i shouldn't really get that that long um if anything so i would rather just not I go in on remand and not get bail just so I can kind of get the time started. And then obviously when I got sentenced and I got the 22 months on the top, I was like, oh, that was a bit longer than I was expecting. But um, yeah, yeah, like it's... everything happens for a reason, I believe. Um, and I made the most of my time in there too. So I, I trained. I actually came out in crazy good shape when I came out. But because I didn't have anything lined up when I got home, well, I had a couple of things lined up that I could have competed on. But because of my pro, I, every time I wasn't able to leave the state. So I kind of like, I kind of got put to waste the shape that I was in. So I got yeah, back yeah. home and I just jumped back on the Uber Eats and just, yes. Yeah, yeah um, Uber Eats though. Fuck. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Well, I can imagine, unlike any of us, mate, if we ever had a speed bump in our life and, and ended up in that position, at least you could go to sleep at night feeling pretty comfortable in your ability, uh, you know, if if you needed to from a fighting stance in prison. Unlike me and Mick, we'd be in a bit of trouble, I reckon. So at least you had that going in there. That, you know, you probably shouldn't have been messed with because that, that would probably be a silly mistake, I would have thought. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad. I, I had a few kind of mutual friends already there, a couple of people I already knew that were there. So, um, like, I had my – I had, like, my big – Social group already when when I went in. Um, Very handy. And yeah, um, I try. I didn't really. So some of my boys already knew knew that I had been fighting and stuff. Um, I try to not let anyone else know. Um, no. I really wanted to do one of those things where you know there's like the guy and he's a good fighter but nobody knows, and then some guys like, hey, you want to fucking have a crack? And then I'll be like, oh, yeah. look, I don't really want to fight, but if we have to fight, then I'll try my best. <laughs> And then I just like do just... my hiding, but but then when I got sentenced, surprise everyone, just, I, just yeah, leave my yeah, home that's, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. That was that was my <laughs> that was my. I've been almost daydreaming about that when I was in quarantine. I was like, oh, I can't wait for this. It's gonna look so good. <laughs> but then um, when I got sentenced, they put it on all the news channels, and because everyone uh... inside watches the news all the time, so then I was getting random guys in the yard coming up to me saying, oh, you're the fighter, blah blah. blah. I was like, ah, there goes Damn my. My cool story is gone now. <laughs> Did you have Did anyone um, though? Like people in pubs mm. try and like test like fighters or wrestlers and stuff like that. Have any dumb cunts come up to you and really try and test themselves? Nah, no, nah, not really. A um, few people that wanted to like have a spar and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, but that didn't take too long for them to kind of kick back and uh, realize that they're more suited to the. To kind of hitting the pads and then trying to spiral fight other people. So big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Most people, even with no skill, can look half good on bags, but then you know, you get into the actual the crust of it and it, it you get found out very quickly, I imagine. 
Yeah, yeah, and that happened so much. I'd see someone hitting the pads, and I was thinking, oh, this guy looks pretty good. I want to move around with him. And then, yeah, the, the skills don't translate over. But um, I did have a good group of guys, um, super talented dudes. They just love to move around, and they didn't give a fuck. They were just keen to kind of move around, throw, and learn as much as they could. So I had, yeah, so like I had really good training when I was there. All right, that's helpful, mate. Coming out, do you think that you've, I mean, the man you were before going in, did you, have you taken, has it, has it changed you in any way? Or, you know, you were just just an ordinary fella that made a mistake and ended up in there, did your time and you've come out, sort of it hasn't, you know, because everyone can make a mistake. Everyone can get in the position you were in. So I just wonder, is it, has it you know, some people you speak to have been in that situation, it changes them as, how are you as the man today as you were before you went in? I think I'm I'm pretty much uh, the way I act and stuff is the same. Just my priorities a little bit different now. So, um, like I missed the whole year of my kids growing up, and because my kids were at, uh, were three and four when I went in, and um, like just because how kids grow up when they're that young, like I, I when I when I because of quarantine and COVID and stuff, I wasn't able to see them at all. I got to see them on Skype for Skype visits, but I couldn't see them for yeah for about. Near yeah, close to a year, and then when I did see them, like just how much they had grown up, and like I missed yeah. out on it, and like missed out on first days of school and stuff like that. So it kind of changed my perspective. Whereas before I went in, I kind of just wanted to just go fight everywhere, uh, keep yeah. training, go on training camps, go help with the boys with their careers, and just kind of just fly around fighting everyone. But now I'm kind of, um, if it, I just want to do it if it makes sense, like taking the fight here in Melbourne, for example, before going back overseas to fight there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, um, like I, I sort of know what's going to happen. I'm doing all the training, but you never know until, until you get to the night. Turn, I might rock up and not be in any kind of good form at all, get absolutely sparked by Randall, and then I'll kind of – but I'll be happy with that, you know, whereas before, before every time I fought, I, I hated – the I hated the thought of maybe not being better than this person. Um, mm. One of the things that I always have in my head is whether I'm boxing or kickboxing or fighting MMA, is that after the fight, I kind of think, look, if I had to fight him right now outside on the street, would I beat him or not? And all of my fights that I've had, whether I've won or lost, I've known that if I punched on with them afterwards, then I, I, I would have given them a hiding. And so I've kind of always been the bigger fish. Um, until that that Dilema fight was the only time I was like, I'm, I'm, I know I should have taken him down. My coach wanted him, Dan wanted me to get the single leg on him. Um, but I kind of just thought, fuck this kind of, I'm going to just stand up and swing with him and we'll just see what happened. And obviously yeah. I came off second best. And yeah, after that fight, I was like, oh, if I had to fight him on the street, like, fuck was he, fuck. I don't even remember. Like he didn't, I, he didn't even feel like he hit that hard, but for some reason, like he dropped me. And I was thinking, oh, I don't know. And it kind of was eating me up inside. Um, but now after everything I've gone through that year away, I uh, kind of like, if I lose, I don't care. I don't have any, or not that I don't care, but I don't, I'm not stressing myself out and kind of, I don't have really have any pressure on me because, yeah, worst case scenario, I lose the fight. I keep training, keep doing what I'm doing, keep competing and, um, yeah, just doing what I'm doing at home. We've got the kids most of the time now, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it at the moment. That's great. Makes sense. Like, going through something like that, as you said, really puts your priorities in order, doesn't it? Like, as you said, previously, yeah. you put your entire sort of stock as you are as a man or your personality into what you're doing in the ring. 
And if it doesn't go ahead, then you might go, oh, shit, you know, what else do I have to offer? But now something like that puts your priorities in order and you realize there's a whole lot more to life than just whether or not you get a win in the, in the cage yeah. or not, isn't it? Yeah, I've always kind of, I've always thought of myself as I'm a fighter. And then I'm also like, I also coach it, but I'm also a dad. Um, I also game and stuff. But now I kind of see myself, I'm a dad, but I also I also fight as well. So now that the perspective is a little bit different, uh, it takes a lot of pressure off. As a being a dad myself, mate, I've got a son that's about to turn three. It's crazy what happens in a year around that age. Like we, we yeah, look at old videos yeah. that pop up and you go, how was that like a year ago? It's like they're... Like he's like a little man now, the way he can speak and hold yeah. sentences. Yeah. But only like twelve months ago, he was like a genuine little baby drooling. You know, it's just it, so that that would have been yeah. the hardest thing for you. I know, I'm, I'm no doubt. You know, it's yeah. family yeah, is the most important thing. Part. So at least you've been able to get that learning out of it. That you know, family first and the other. And it, it sometimes perceived, you know, like you said, you have a loss. At the end of the day, it's a loss, but you still got a you know a family to go home to. So that's that's the most yeah. important thing. Yeah, it's not. Take it's not my. The, uh, yeah. Sorry, man. Take us through the start. How you got your start in the in the sport? Because I know you were born here in Australia, then you went back to Auckland, grew up there, and then eventually yep. found your way back to Australia. Uh, how did you get your start in fighting? Was it over in New Zealand, or was it mainly when you got to Australia that back again that you started? Uh, no, it was it was in New Zealand. So my whole amateur career was back in New Zealand. Um, I went down, so I had, I used to always want to play rugby, like, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be in the All Blacks, and, which is every kid's dream, where I'm from. Mm. So, yeah, I played rugby, rugby league, used to play up in New South Wales a bit, played, um, finished school in Brisbane, and um, played up in Brisbane as well, and um, sevens too. And then I, I hurt my knee, and I ended up getting surgery, and just when the the surgeon said I was good to start training again. I couldn't really run that much because I put on way too much weight and my leg was not strong because I didn't rehab it as, at all because I was just a young, dumb kid and I was just drinking all the time. I, I had a year off to do whatever I wanted, so I was just there yeah, drinking with my friends, getting real good at guitar. And um, I, yeah, so I started, yeah, it is, it is. I, I, I can do all the World Tour songs on Expert, just... Even, can you do um, Dragon Force through the fire and flames on yeah, Expert? I, yeah, I can't, I can't hard, do it. Man. I can't. Yeah, I can't get a hundred percent on that, but I can. I can finish. I can finish it on Expert though. Um, <laughs> That's fucking impressive. Yeah. So I um I started Forget looking around for. Man, Pardon? <laughs> Forget fighting. Just stick to guitar if you're that good at it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So I um I started looking around for some sports that I could do so I could get fit but I didn't have to kind of run. So I saw, I was thinking of either boxing or MMA. And um, so I looked up some MMA gyms and I found that there was one not too far from me. I started training there. And yeah, my, my coach that I saw with Hamish, Hamish Robertson, he ended up opening his own gym, Auckland MMA. And I, yeah, I just trained there. Um, when I got ready to go back to, move back to Sydney, I wanted to have a fight for the gym because I kind of learned everything there. So I wanted to represent the gym one time before I moved back. And they got me a, a fight with a guy who had a bit more experience than me. Um, and yeah, I, I won that fight. And then uh, the feeling that I had when I won the fight, I was like, fuck, that was like, I just, I just had a fight and I won like, like a proper fight. It felt pretty crazy. So I kind of got a bit of the bug back then. And when I come back to New Zealand, I'll train again and have another fight out of my gym and um yeah 
I started taking fights when I wasn't training as well, and I was kind of living in Sydney, um, just taking fights, just just to kind of know that I'm still a fighter. So it's not like I, even though I really wasn't, because I wasn't doing any training, I just wanted to have a fight to say that I'm a fighter. And um, yeah, it wasn't until I got to Melbourne and I was, met Dan and the the guys down there and. He asked me what I was doing for work, and I just got fired at the time. And I told him, no, nah, I'm not doing anything. So he told me, well, you may as well just come and train here every day until you start working. And then I kind of never really worked properly after that. I just yeah, trained full-time, and it kind of yep. yeah took off from there. You, uh, Mate, I, I don't know what you're worried about with the fitness. You just said rugby sevens. That's got to be one of the most cardio, uh, hard-enduring sports on the planet, the rugby seven. So that's you've got the base there somewhere, mate, to, to call, yeah. call on when you need it. If you So when I, I was in my 20s when I had surgery, the weight that I was when I got my surgery, I used to only be like 85 to 87 kilos max. Oh, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a fair cry away from... Uh, from being close to middleweight, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. So you were slugging away, mate, slugging away. As you said, just taking fights when you can get them, and not really, you know, putting too much thought into it, really, by the sound of it. But found your way onto the Ultimate Fighter twenty eight there with Whitaker and Gastelum. Yeah, we didn't go your way when you had the fight in there, but mate, take us through that experience. Must have been pretty unreal. Yeah, it was, bro. It was crazy. Um, just seeing like, cause it's good because you get kind of a little glimpse of what it's like, like fighting in the UFC, um, all the free gear you get, bro, that was probably the main thing was everyone at the gym knows that I'm just all about free gear. I I just, I'll do anything for free gear. I I will just follow people around. I don't mind. I just want a t-shirt or some slides or something. And I ended up coming back with like four four suitcases of of gear. We got a t-shirt for you, mate. We can sling you one on the night. No doubt. November 18th. Yes, please. Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah, it's, so, funny, um, it's funny with people with free gear, mate, because where I used to work, you know, it was in a, a beer company and s- certain people in the company always used to have like the new shirt or, and I'd be like, how'd you get that? And they go, oh, you just got to know the right people. But I reckon they're probably just like you. They just used to follow around the marketing team until they gave them a yeah. T-shirt or a pair of yeah. slides. Yeah, I made, I made, I was best friends with the guys that were in charge of all of the clothing and stuff, the gear. For the ultimate fighter, so Smart. yeah. Smart. I, when everyone was gone, I'll just look at one and be like, "Hey, Rambo, can I get in the cupboard quickly and grab some, <laughs> grab some stuff?" <laughs> but even just it. the the way they the way everyone trains, the everyone's eating, and because I'm staying in the house, and you've got all the people from different walks of life. It's just seeing like, oh, these this is how the Americans do it, this is how the Brazilians do it, um, like yeah. It was, it was, it, was, it was very eye-opening to kind of see, like, wow, I need a, I need to fucking step up my game because fuck, I'm sitting outside having a smoke and these guys are fucking meal prepping. Mm. I have no idea what's going on. So it, <laughs> yeah, it was, definitely. yeah. So you kind of could see the perks of being in the lifestyle, but then also like the work you actually have to put in. So yeah, it, it was pretty cool to kind of be able to experience it coming from. Yeah, just before I went on to Ultimate Fight, I was catching a bus and catching a train to get to the gym to fight. Um, I was buying buying stuff from the shops with coins and shit. Yeah, to go from that to being in Vegas, staying in a mansion, yeah. getting like waited on hand and for whatever I needed for food and gear and stuff. So yeah, it was kind of like, oh, I could kind of live this life maybe if I do everything properly. Mate, it would have been very uh, polar opposites, definitely, those two things. But 
Then you've pushed on a little bit after that, made it to the Contender Series. I actually just watched that fight just recently before uh, a bit of research here on the podcast, as we like to do. Another frustrating yeah, yeah. sort of uh, experience, I'm sure that was for you, because it's got stopped in the first round. It was an eye poke, they reckon, but I just watched it. I reckon that's a bit of bullshit, to be honest. I didn't oh, see yeah, it was, there, there was no eye poke, 100%. There was that no was, eye poke. It was my thumb. It was my thumb knuckle. Yeah. yeah, it was just my thumb knuckle. They just, yeah, like, yeah. And, uh, so I was thinking in my head, there's no way that someone would stop a contender series fight. You know, you're fighting for a contract. Dana White's there. Yeah. You know that if you quit, you're never going to get a chance in the UFC. So, And because how good I was feeling as the fight was going on, he, I was starting to move him where I wanted him to go. And I, I, I was planning to knock him out clean with a left uppercut. So that's why I was started kind of making him move towards that side so I could catch him. And I could feel that it was almost there. So when he complained, I thought, look, I'm just going to back off, let him wash out his eye, and then he gets, like, his rest or whatever, and then I'm just yeah. going to fuck him up as soon as we start again. Like, he's going to walk straight into it. I think he it. knew that. Yeah, I think he knew that. Yeah, and then, yeah, so when when he just started saying, I can't see, I can't see, and I kind of thought, oh, they better just wash it out then. But then when it, it got caught off, I was thinking, fuck, oh, I was, yeah, I was, I was pretty dirty. I was, I, I like, I almost cried. I, had, I I didn't think that, like, not once in my mind did I think that he would have quit on the spot, especially after hearing his, like, his backstory and, like, oh, there's drugs in my mother and my twin, like, on drugs and there's suicide and blah, blah. I've had the worst life. I'm like, yeah, you should be fucking mentally strong then. But, um, <laughs> yeah. nah. Nah, nah. Mate, yeah, nah. I, the commentary from Bisping was spot on too. He was like, what the hell is he doing? You don't say that. He's just instantly yeah, said to the yeah. doctor, I can't see. And he's like, you don't say that. You, have to, you don't tell him anything. And the dude was just like, I can't yeah. see, I can't see. Come on, man. I think he just didn't want to get flattened by the, the fucking combat wombat, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I was pretty, yeah, I was very annoyed. I was very annoyed that night. I actually saw him in the morning, like probably six o'clock. Um, I was at the front of the hotel. Me and some of my, uh, me, one of my mates from here, uh, my, my boys, Mars, and some of my uh, Samoan boys that live over in Las Vegas. And we were still drinking. And um, him and his team came came out the front of the hotel and it kind of got a bit, a bit uh, touch and go there for a second. But I was the one actually that was like, I was the one like, nah, come on, leave him alone. Let's, let's go. Like, yeah. not worried. might have had a few things to say, did they? Yeah, yeah. So that was, and like I was the smallest out of the group that I was with too. So <laughs> two of the other guys both fought in the PFL. One of the guys fought on Bellator, and then all big Islanders. So yeah, it was mm -hmm. a bit crazy. It's uh, it would have been his probably mistake if he was to flap his gums back at that. If I was him, it would have been head down <laughs> and fucking get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. It was um, yeah, it was uh, but and then I kind of got annoyed because. Uh, uh, my missus told me when I was when I was still locked up. She was uh, when I was talking to her on the phone. She was saying that he had a fight again, and then after his fight, he was having a big sock saying, "Why did Ben get a shot in the UFC and I never got a shot? Like it was a no contest." So I don't see how they give him a chance and they don't give oh. me a chance. And I was like, "You're a fucking." Nah, nah, I would love to fight him again, bro. I'll, like if anyone called me up and said, "Hey, do you want to fight Dustin again?" Like I would fight him for free. I'll, I'll take that fight straight away. And if he, he did complain about the bigger. eye, yeah, if, if he complained about the eye, I would have just fucking... I, when I look back at it and I see the ref, I had a chance to just kind of just murk him straight away when the ref kind of yeah. let it keep going for a second. And I, 
oh, I should have just, I should have bashed them if I knew that, that that's the way it was going to turn out. So, yeah. Frustrating, mate. I knew, yeah, you played it pretty cool on the night. Like, you kept your composure. But, yeah, I can tell that you weren't happy with it because, uh, yeah, it was bullshit, mate. It was bullshit. But so you've left there without a contract. How you, what are you thinking? That's basically it. I've been on the Ultimate Fighter. Now I'm on Contender. I'm pretty much up shit creek here. Or did you always have in the back of your mind, maybe I'll get that shot still? Nah, so it was funny that um, straight away after that fight, um, Dana told me that he wanted to have me on his Looking for a Fight show in, um, yeah. on, in Hawaii. Oh, was it Hawaii? Yeah, it was in Hawaii. So I was going to go fight on that show in like it would have been in about six weeks after the contender or five weeks. So he said, look, you can't catch a break. Like, I feel real bad for you that, like, yeah, you just really can't catch a break at the, well, at the moment. So um, I got matched up to fight this Islander guy from Alaska um, on that show. So, like, a kind of a second chance. And, um, yeah, so I wasn't, like, kind of too down in the dumps, but I went back to working security the weekend that I got home. And I was planning on not. I was planning on winning my contract, getting paid what are my win bonus, coming back. I was gonna not work that weekend and just go and like go out to the club that I usually work at and just drink instead, like to celebrate. But I ended up Plan. working there again because fucking uh, I lot. I didn't. I didn't get the contract. And that's actually yeah. the night that that it all kicked off with that guy that I actually got charged for. It was actually yeah the weekend after the contender fight. So that fight was on the. Yeah, the fight was on the Wednesday morning, and then it was that Saturday night when that guy was fucking acting like a goose. And I, yeah, so that's a sliding doors yeah. moment, isn't it? If this prick didn't complain yeah. about his fucking eye, the whole thing wouldn't have happened. Yeah, but then again, everything everything happens. Everything like yeah, yeah everything happens. For there's you got to be able to take silver linings out of every kind of situation. Um, and I reckon if I didn't get locked up, I would be a fucking shit partner and a shit dad as well. Like. Oh, I I just I had been I didn't realize it until I went away. But I kind of been coasting like, like I said, I kind of consider myself the fighter before the dad or the partner. So I was kind of yeah, I I really wasn't putting in as much effort as I should have been at home. So um yeah, it's always it's always good. I'd rather do um one years of jail than fifty years of my missus fucking giving me shit every day. So it's a good good trade. <laughs> Do you think, mate, you know, with that security job, because I've been out and Mick, we've been out a lot, and I don't know how much protection you guys actually get from fuckwits, like in a sense that people can get in your grill and the minute you sort of protect yourself or because you might be sort of stronger than them and they're, they're, they're intoxicated and they go down, I don't know, it, it seems like a really dangerous job on your end because you only deal with fuckwits and a lot of these blokes with a bit of Dutch courage want to sort of test themselves and what you sort of, you're, you're on a hiding to nothing. I reckon doing a job like that. It's really not, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it for all the money in the world just due to the fuck which you'd have to deal with. Yeah. I, I've usually been pretty good. Um, I never really get into any, I've never been in any physical fights working. It's because I'm really good at talking to the fuckwits because I'm a bit of a fuckwit myself. So I kind of, I'm always able to see their point of view. And um, so I'm always the one that kind of, I can kind of de-escalate stuff just by kind of talking to people. And obviously the same people that come all the time, like I I always like easily, I build a rapport pretty easily with their regulars and stuff. So I've I've never really had any trouble at all. So that was kind of the the only time where that guy was kind of going off. Um, 
yeah, but um, my coach Dan had been telling me for months, stop working security, you're gonna get in shit, like stop it, something's gonna happen. And I was like, nah, be, I need the money. And especially after the container series, I was like, nah, I need, I need to make the money yeah. until I can kind of get a contract and get things get things rolling with the UFC. And then, um, yeah, so I'm talking to Dan on the phone in jail, and he's like, I fucking told you. I told you. I should have listened to me. Coach always knows best, mate. Yeah, so it's kind of like I can't stay notes him at all now because – what if something like that happens again? And it's because he's been yeah. telling me something, and it's like, oh, I better just, I better just trust mm. his judgment now for the rest of my life. Absolutely, yeah, very smart. But you mentioned just earlier, that. mentioned earlier, you want to get back to Texas for a fight. Is it for a fight or just to do some training or whatever? Like, what's the goal, mate? Is the goal to get back to the top level? And there's plenty of options now. It's not just UFC anymore. Yeah. There's PFL, there's Bellator, there's one. There's a lot of options yeah. out there for you. So, is that the goal? Uh, yeah, I, I do want to. So I, I, you know, I hate like I hate looking back that I fought in the UFC. I didn't even win any fights. Ultimate Fighter contender UFC. I fought on all of them and I hadn't had one win. And I, it, it eats me up a bit. So, um, I do want to get back into the UFC and just kind of, um, showcase what I know I'm capable of if I if I can. And but I just want to give it a, cr- a proper crack, you know. Um, not have it taken away by anything else other than just when it's the point of me not training properly, or like maybe I'm just not at that level. But I don't want to leave it to for anyone else to decide, you know. Um, so if it was up to me, then I wouldn't kind of have any regrets about it later on. Like, look, I gave it a crack. I trained as hard as I could. These guys were just really good when I got there. So it was, yeah, but um. So, yeah, I do want to go back to um, my management team, um, Jackson Winks over in Albuquerque. They, they've got a good relationship with a show called Fury Fighting Championship. So um, I'm planning to go my next fight. If everything goes well for Hex, um, I'll go and fight over there. And um, I'll do I'll train for, for about a month over there before the fight as well. So I'll go over there, get some training in there as well. And, um, um, yeah, and then after that, We'll kind of see what happens. We'll see what kind of offers come in if everything goes well. So, yeah. But, yeah, just for now, I just got to keep looking at these next eight weeks and making sure I get out of bed tomorrow and go grapple in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did see, mate, you were working with Jackson Wink. That's fantastic. A good friend of the pod as well, Arlene. She's over there as well. She's got a good relationship. Yeah. She trains yeah. there. So, a bit of Aussie uh, sort of Aussie flavor there with you as well. So, that's exciting. They're a bloody good, yeah. bloody good camp, aren't they? Good, good gym. Yeah, they've, they've got, yeah, got a, um, like the altitude and stuff over there. They eat, um, like, uh, yeah, the training will be good. They got so many bodies there for sparring and stuff. And I've always heard that like the sparring is a bit hard over there. Like they go a bit hard, which I love. Um, I hate it when I go to a gym and kind of people are having more technical rounds. Um, it's that's not for me. I like to kind of just go to war every time I spar. I don't like kind of – I want to know that I've trained, you know. Uh, I want to know yeah. that, yeah, I've made mistakes and now I'm going to pay for it over these next couple of days um, just because it helps me get better and stay honest to myself. And also for the bigger guys with the lighter rounds, it's very easy for lazy people to get away with doing the bare minimum inspiring, which I'm very good at. So I kind of need those hard runs to keep me honest it's it's kind of a I feel like it's kind of a sport that 
if you sort of take the piss a bit, like you said, the easy, cheaty sort of rounds, uh, especially as a big guy, and you've got another bloke you're fighting that's doing the really hard rounds, well, you yeah. have to be sort of rocket science or an Einstein to sort of say, well, he's probably going to win, isn't he? So I guess training, yeah. this is the sort of sport where you probably get a lot more out of training really hard and, and probably yeah. going harder in sparring because you probably have to go in, fight fit, fight ready. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. I know it's not for everyone. Um like, I know who I can spar hard with on a regular basis. I've got, like, my own set of boys that I can call them up. I could call them up tonight, meet up at a derelict gym down the road and smash each other in the face for an hour. So, um, yeah, I know that there's people that want to look after themselves and only maybe do a hard session once a week. And then, yeah, so I know I've got all my good people that want to just train once. And then I've got all my crazy friends that are like myself who don't mind sparring flat out every single day of the week. So, yeah. Mate, do you look at a bloke like uh, Tai Tuivasa as a bit of inspiration? Because he's a similar Aussie dude in the heavyweight division. He went through some tough times. He was on a bit of a skid, looking like maybe he was going to get cut as well. Pretty sure he's been vocal in saying that he wasn't that committed to training and stuff like that. He wasn't really taking it seriously. But once he flicked the switch, he started taking it a lot more seriously and getting himself right. You can just see the, the results that have come his way. Do you look at someone like yeah. that and just go, all right, if I, can, if I just switch on a little bit, there's so much potential there. Yeah, the main thing that I love watching with Ty is not like his fighting stuff because, like, I, I fought on the same eight-man boxing card with him in the past. Um, my cousin fought him for AFC title. Um, so I've kind of been, I've, I met him back when we were both kind of just fighting normally. Um, so like, you see him, and even like, remember after the eight-man, the guy he fought in the first round, I was I was looking at him backstage, the guy looked like he wanted to die, and he was just like, holy fuck, that kind of hit so fucking hard, I fucking can't believe it, like, the guy was wrecked, so, like, you, I always knew, like, this guy's gonna, like, go really fast, um, but it's the stuff, like, I'm watching, like, the business side of stuff, like, he's setting up life for him and his family, yeah. um, the stuff he does for his community as well, um, Western Sydney, um, him and Tyson both, like, yeah, setting stuff up just for kids back there to kind of look up to. His own family is going to be set now. It's that kind of stuff that I really like. I look up. I look, I look up to those dudes, and it really motivates me. Like he can use his fighting to set all this other stuff up, kind of for his family. So that, that's what I want to try to do as well. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, he's sort of got the the chemistry just right with you know how well he's sort of got his game going in the in the fighting world, but also his business. What what he's sort of done, like you said, he he could uh, he could probably not not fight again and have a pretty good business and income coming from that. So um, it's a great uh, great person to look up to, and like you said, his community and all the young kids growing up will will see that and see fighting is a way to make a career, but you can also use it to do good as well. So it's definitely a, yeah. a great story. Hmm. Mate, I've got a couple more just before we end up. You've been very gracious with your time here on the show, but. Just want to commend you, mate, and give a shout out to that uh, those neck curtains you got there, that mullet. It's just a fantastic, oh, fantastic thanks, display. Thanks. You and Jimmy, you're both, I reckon you're rocking two of the best in the country. I know a lot of people have mullets these days. It's all the rage, but you two are top of the tree, I reckon. Yeah, we we were we had the mullets all the way way back as well. Um, exactly. Yeah, Duke, Duke, Duke will try and grow his back, but he, <laughs> doesn't he, doesn't he, he buckled to pressure when he had his mullet. So me and Duke had mullets first, and then Duke was like, "Oh, no, nah, I need to cut it off for my job." And I'm like, "You're 
fucked. You're fucked, Cadbury. <laughs> yeah, so like he loses, he can't if he grows it back, like he's still not gonna be seen as someone with a mullet. You know, he's he can't he can't jump back on the train. Yeah. It's too late for him. And It'll obviously be like the Jim, trendy ones. Yeah, he can have like the kind of like the mohawky ones and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so That's yeah, but um yeah, I, I always had a, a ready first. So yeah, I had a rat tail and then um yeah, it was and then I grew my and then I just grew my mullet out after the ultimate fighter. And then I had the mullet for the contender series and then Jimmy grew out his mullet after yeah, his contender series as well. And then yeah, we just started rocking and we've just always just kind of been a thing. Um actually uh Dan Kelly and Sam Greco have both told us that look you both got you both got sparked while you had mullets, and we think no, it's no, because no. of the mullet. Yeah, oh, so no, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's not the case. No, no. Hey, so coach does not know best. Yeah. Nah, nah, not a, not a, not in that case. So yeah, we we need to make sure both our performances next are just gonna yeah. be yeah. Tip the sake of the hair, hair you must. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. I reckon the raddies are level up on a mullet. So I reckon the rat. You're in. You've. I mean, you've. You've probably. I mean, the raddies at the top of the tree for the most outrageous of hairdos. I reckon, if done right yeah. and sort of visible. Yeah. Some people tuck it and high. I reckon if you have it out and it's sort of vis- that visible braid all the way down your spine, there's a bit going on with that. So I reckon the mullet's probably quite a refined look for you off a raddie. Yeah, I'm still not. I'm still not decided about um having the cutting the mullet and leaving my raddie from the top. Which was my like my OG haircut when I first started fighting with resilience and stuff. So I was thinking like it's a fresh start for me. I'm back fighting local <laughs> again, back with my team. I might go back to the old school haircut, but oh, we'll have to wait, wait and see because yeah, I just love the mullet too much as well. Mm. Like I feel like the mullet makes me look more like a wombat as well too. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, good yeah. segue, because that, that was our last question. Well, no, our last question, because we've, we've used up so much of your time, but one of the last questions we wanted to get in, mate, was asking you about that nickname. It's probably one of the top-rated top, top nicknames in the world in combat sports, the Combat Wombat. I mean, it's probably, um, you've just mentioned the, uh, the mullet that helps the look, but wh- what's the yeah. nickname and where did it come from? I actually came when I was over on the Ultimate Fighter. Um they kept calling me Wombat, as some of the Americans over there, just because I was from Australia and I, I like just the way that I act and my demeanor and stuff. And obviously, like I put up my stature as well, but um, mainly just my demeanor. And I'm just kind of like pretty chill, just rolling around by the pool, just doing whatever. And um, they always called me Wombat. And then one of the other guys, Josh Parisian. He said, you're like a combat wombat. And then <laughs> as soon as he said it, everyone else was just like, nah, that's it. That's, that's your name. That's, that's your name. And then, yeah, that's kind of stuck from there. I yeah. like it a lot, yeah. mate. I think the worst the part wombat? is uh, It works. pretty fucking crazy. They're pretty fucking wild yeah, wombats. I, I had one out the front of the house once, and they go sick. Like, they all chill out, and they're yeah. slow, and they sort of lumber around. But, mate, when they get a bit agitated, these things go sick. Yeah, yeah. We had... um. So one of the jails I was at, they, like, it was in the country, and, like, we'll get, like, yeah, we had, like, a little program in the Raptors for some of the inmates that were um, able to work in there, like, looking after all the wildlife and stuff, like, injured wildlife and training the dog training programs and stuff. And I'd always have, like, the wombats that would, like, they'll find injured wombats, and then they'll get looked after there. So sometimes, like, 
you'll see the Wombats walking around in the jail and stuff. So I'd always try to play with them whenever I could. And um, the kids loved them too. So, yeah, we'll, every time we're at the zoo, we go there first to try and see if they're out. I was going to say, they're tough bastards too because I used to do a lot of uh, regional travel with work and they get hit going by cars going pretty quick and they don't always fucking die. It's unbelievable. They yeah. just sort of yeah. posture up and yeah. just say, well, I'll take you on. <laughs> So yeah, they, they, they write, yeah, they they write cars off. You yeah. want to think it when you see them, but yeah. Uh-huh. Cars die. Solid. Yeah. That's the perfect name for the perfect fighter, mate. Well, we'll let you go, mate. It's been a ripping chat. November 18th, Hex in Melbourne, down the Melbourne Pavilion. We're going to be there. We're excited. Just let the listeners know, mate, anyone out there that might be excited to see you back in the ring, mate, what can they expect November 18th? Um, look, I, I, know, I know what... Randall knows what I want to do. I don't know what Randall's going to try to do. Um, we're going to have a good fight. Um, when you're talking about two guys that are keen to go in and go out on their shield, it's me and Randall. So um, it's it's going to be a crazy fight. I can't wait. Whatever happens, it's going to it's going to be really fun to watch. So yeah, just get down there. I'm going to have my game plan. I'm obviously going to ignore my game plan and just fucking let the hands go and see what happens. And, yeah, we can all find out together on the night, I guess. So, yeah. Can't no, wait. Fantastic. We, we can't wait either, mate. And like we said, we've been so thankful for your time and you've been very gracious with that. And we wish you all the best with this fight. We're going to be down there and watch you do what you do best and then uh, wish you all the well with your, with your future and, and everything that comes um, comes after that, mate. And you're always welcome on this podcast and you're a friend friend of this podcast. So thank you, thanks again. Really appreciate no, it. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Soon, you, mate. Cheers, brother. You're a legend, mate. Talk soon. Boy, oh boy, did we tell you or did we tell you, Mako Shark, that not only is the Combat Wombat the greatest nickname in the whole entirety of the combat uh, sporting landscape, but was that a chat? Was that an open and honest interview? You don't – look, you know what? You get all these interviewers, these big namers that get their TV shows, that get all the guests fed to them. We go out and hunt the guests, Mako Shark, and we consistently – have fantastic chats, and that, my friend, was one of my favourites. I and no, no offence to anyone else was on the pod, but geez, he was great. I loved him, Mako Shark. I'm so excited that we got to have him on, and it went a fair while, so it just it just was bloody fluent. It was fluent. It's going to be fluent like his career and his comeback, and we're very excited. I'm excited, as you can tell. I haven't had a breath in about 45 seconds until just then. What do you think about that, Mako Shark? Mate, you've just summed it up, mate. Great chat, great bloke. Best nickname in the combat world. Also the best nickname in the marsupial world too. You couldn't find me a better nickname <laughs> in any of the marsupial world at all. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of marsupial uh, podcasts out there, but I don't reckon they've ever had the combat wombat on. Ben Sassoli, what a man. Uh, yeah, as you said earlier, just honest, raw. He'll tell it how it is. You know, he's made some mistakes, but he's come through the other side of it. He's, he's taken it the, the positive way. You can... Sort of take these things one way or the other, can't you? You can sort of be negative about it and let it fucking dictate the rest of your life or you can get on the front foot, make yourself a better person and uh, and learn from it. And that's what he's done and he's going to push on now and it's just going to be all systems go, I reckon, for our man. There's nothing more dangerous, Mako Shark, than a fighter that is, I guess, at peace with everything in his life and 
I guess it isn't the be all and like he loves to fight, obviously. But as we said, family first, being a, a better partner, and then a fighter. So I reckon that that's actually quite a dangerous, uh, dangerous thing because when you've got other things, you sometimes don't put the extra pressure on yourself, and then the other person might be a bit fucking stiffy withy, and then uh, you get caught with a combat wombat strike of doom. So um, yeah, I'd be looking out uh, if I was his opponent. I'll tell you why you're talking strikes of doom. Yeah, I reckon uh, November 18th, (laughs) Melbourne Pavilion, Randall Ray, I think you're in a bit of trouble. Let's be honest. I think the Wombat's coming out looking for blood. And then uh, I'm excited. He says he's heading off over to bloody uh, Texas. Mm. Heading off over to the States. He's going to do some training there at Jackson Wing. That's big. That's exciting. He's got a few uh, irons in the fire over in the States. Made a couple wins over there. And we might see our man back on the uh, the big stage. And that is exciting. I think it's going to be great. He's... He's back. I think I'm calling it. He's back, and we're going to be riding him all the way. Absolutely are, Mako Shark. And on that night at uh, the Pavilion, because we know that down there, the Pavilion, you've got to sort of uh, got to have your wits about you. We go to the odd boxing event down there, but I reckon it'll be a level up, the MMA type of scenario there. There'll be some probably sort of you have to have your back to the wall. No one, uh, I reckon when you're looking around, don't hold eye contact with anyone for less than 0.3 of a second. And uh, we have to have the buddy system, I think. I think that's a follow each other into the... The well, um, when we walk you know, into the venue, you know everyone's be... of, No narcotic toilets. I just mean, like, let's just partner up because I reckon that there's going to be to be a fiery event, that one. And when blokes start getting bopped and the testosterone starts flowing, I tell you what, you, uh, <laughs> you want to sort of watch yourself down there, Mako. Well, if we start swanning in with the media passes, they're going to be like, who the fuck are these guys? And we're going to be in a bit of trouble. So, look, we're uh, we're lovers, not fighters, guys. So if you see us down no. there, mate, we'll buy you a yeah. beer, get around us. And i tell you what, as our man, the Combat Wombat, said, if you've got any merch, you've got any fucking T-shirts to bring down, mm. bring them down for him. He loves it. He absolutely froths for a bit of merch. So I reckon just start throwing in all sorts of stuff into the cage if, if he gets the win. Just throw him socks. Well, we'll be bringing a shirt for him. Throw him shirts, throw him fucking zip-ups, hoodies, the whole lot. He deserves the whole lot. Bring him in. Shorts, trackies, the whole goddamn lot. Sweatbands, hats. Just bring him. Bring him for the man. Yeah, everything. Everything you've said then, Mako Shark, uh, can almost segue into the the next part of the podcast. And this is one of the, if not the, world's greatest segment it's ever been, Mako Shark. You talk about free T-shirts and merchandise and all this. Well, I don't know what's going on at your house, but I can only imagine because at my house, I tell you every week, the mail just overflows. It's like the Dave podcast open up on COVID when he was be live opening, Mako Shark. The fan mail, I don't know why it comes to me. I don't know why it comes to me. I don't know if you're stitching me up with that, but it comes to Matty C. The people... Love it. They want to always have an input maker, and I keep telling them, you cannot tell this man what is in this segment. This segment is his. He's built it from the ground up. It is the absolute primary segment in all arts, crafts, media, whatever you fuck you like, sports, entertainment. This segment is on a fucking road to greatness, Mako Shark, if it isn't already there. And I will say to you that anyone that doesn't believe me, I want you to just know this, Mako Shark. When the Mako Shark's hand goes up, your mouth goes shut and your ears go open. And that segment, Mako Shark, I stole that from Mike Mizian. That segment is Mako Shark Tank. Sure is. It sure is. Another great intro. Putting the pressure on me weekly. But I'll tell you what, in the Shark Tank this week, Matthew, we are going 
King Charles and his horrifying little chubby sausage fingers. Have you seen the mitts on this fucking gimp, mate? What is going on with this man? I am not copping it. King Charles, sit down, son, all right? No way are you going to control the Commonwealth with those type of hands. You fucking creep. What is going on? They look like genuine uncooked sausages. You've got some serious health concerns, mate. We've already had a few of us 26 fucking weeks. We're going to be rolling it through again in about nine days' time, I reckon, the way you're travelling, King Charles. I'd tell you what, what the fuck is going on, Matthew, with this man's oh, hands? Have you seen him? calls them the pleasure dusters? Oh, I hope he doesn't call him that, Matthew. <laughs> he better not call him that. He Hello, would you school. like me to play with you in my pleasure dusters? I reckon they're big, thick pleasures. Pleasurers, no, mate. No, they're not, Puts mate. They're, Puts they're them disgusting. In. They'd be clammy. They'd be, oh. they'd be wet. They'd be, there'd be perspiration on them. There'd be all sorts of fucking horrificity going on with those hands. I don't like him, Matthew. I don't know if you've seen him during the week. He's a fucking nonce, this fucking gimp. He goes, you see him with a fucking pen? See him with a pen during the week? And it didn't work. I don't don't focus on all this sort of stuff. You're big on the worldly events. I I don't. I saw it on the news. He, this fucking cocksmoker couldn't Mm -hmm. get a pen to work and he cracked it. He goes, oh, this is. Oh, oh, I hate this pen. It, oh, bloody hell. It's, oh, I'm not happy. And he walked out of the room. It was terrible. I don't like him. I'm not copping the king. I'll tell you what, King Charles, it's a fucking dog, mate. All right? You're Prince Charles for mine. I'm not copping you as king. <laughs> I reckon say what you want about the royal family. A lot of people have uh, their own opinions. I'm not going to go into it, mate. But I think as, as a species here in the Commonwealth, we sort of copped. Queen Elizabeth, didn't we? Like for the last seventy years, this this lady, she's ruled. Think, she's just a sort of old lady. We, 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 you accept it. You grow up with her unless you were. If, you if you're Irish, you probably didn't like it. Well, if you're Irish or you know, in you know, I'm not going to go into Indigenous. it because it's a little bit. Uh, it's scary sort of sort of scenes. Yeah. But like a lot of people have yeah. issues. But like mainly, you cop Queen Elizabeth for the last seventy years. It's just it is what it is. But mate, once she's done, once she's brown bread now, I reckon that's it. Wrap it up. The royal family's mm-hmm. done and dusted. We haven't got time for it anymore. I'm not copping King Charles. You can just yeah. take a take a seat, mate. Hit the showers. Yeah. Wrap it up. It's 2022. We don't need the royal family. It's too much for mine. Fuck them off. We just become a republic. We anoint Volkanovsky as our president, as we've said previously, yeah. and then we all go on about our lives. They can just all fuck off and be rich in their castles. I reckon we have Prudy Pie and the, uh, Duke, the Duke Didier. I reckon they, they're the, they'll, they'll be Volks guys that wear the hats. Well, he's already the Duke, isn't he? He's the Duke. Yeah, of that's Canberra right. So they, so he's there he's, they're in. like the boys that sort of just they're they're the they're, imagine the trio of greatness. Hey, I tell you what, you fuck King Charles right off. You fuck mm. all the princes and their balding heads. Oh, sorry, Matthew, I don't mean any offense by that. They're like shaved. Well, I'm, actually, I'm not. William. I'm not balding. I'm not balding. You, you're not balding. Bald. You took the right option. What's with Prince that's, William? He's like 37. Oh, he's running this fucking no, George Costanza, mate. Cut it. No, I, I've Seriously. got a theory, mate. Oh, shark. It must be something to do with the um, like part of this. Like it must be a traditional, like, because the, the yeah. other fucking weird corpse, that the other guy that's still alive somehow, that weird corpse guy, you know, the other guy is a bit fucking dirty. The one that sends the text, the real old bloke that was her husband. Uh, no, he's gone, mate. Was oh, he gone? Yeah, he died a while back. A few, like, well, he, he had ago. that hairdo as well. Yeah, he yeah, he did. That, he was like 98. That corpse and... guy. No one knew how that guy was still alive. He was a, he was dead for 30 years, that bloke, and he didn't Prince allow corpse. his hair to die. He died before his, his hair. corpse. Yeah, no, he, cool. did, he died yeah. years ago. And his Must hair be was something to do with it because there's just no way on earth you look at yourself in the mirror and go, ooh, looking good tonight, baby, with that. I know. What do they get the comb out? Like Kevin Bartlett. Oh, mate. Do they comb the like the horseshoe? Surely not, mate. Oh, Wrap it up. Fuck. Prince William used up. to strut around in his 20s like, ooh, he's handsome. All the girls liked him. Mate, what's he thinking? 
looks like a fucking complete not a cock smoker. Absolute. Do you know how much money? Do you know how much money they got? Do you actually are you aware of the actual? Oh wealth? no! Oh no! It's sick. Do you know? Do you see what he actually inherited? Hundreds of millions of just five hundred million dollars just yeah. in property. Mate, it's a scam. I, I, it's I read a big he they do a lot for like the the government. So that's why they're allowed and afforded to do. But I don't think we should be connected to them anymore. But like, if you're English, it's like yeah, second they, to religion, whole, it's all it's dodgy. The second biggest scam in the world, mate. The royal family, mm. it's out, it's out of control. So I, I'm with you. I think it's time for us to get the hell out. Yeah. I, as I said, you cop the queen. That's just how it was. It's kind of like just what it was. Our entire life, our parents' life. But now I'm not just. I just can't. I can't stomach it. Volkanovsky mm-hmm. in the Duke of Cambria in right hand man, air man, the Brutus, the barber. Beefcake, Crudus, the crudy pie, Crudus, get him in. Crudy pie. They can be the uh, you know the left and right hand men. Hat, and this country guys. is on the path to greatness. Greatness. The Denny Crudus. He's in. I had nothing, so, Mako Shark, this week until today. Mm-hmm. What do you got? That, that, I'm not, and I don't want to say names because it's alleged all this stuff that's broke today about the racism. Oh no, right. I was going to go. I've just that. had. I've just got, personally, I've had a gutful of mm. like our whole. Like pretending that we don't know. Oh, is that racist? Is this whole thing that you're like, oh, we better re-educate. It's like, how many times does it have to happen, Mako Shark, in all walks of life, for people to be able to play the re-educate or like the oh, that's horrific, but like nothing ever changes, Mako, and it annoys me, right? Because it should be taught in school. Think of all this shit we got taught in school that does nothing. Right, world history does nothing for you. How about you? You teach about all the fucking hell that those communities went through, and then maybe yeah, as these kids grow up, they might actually grasp what it actually is, and then you might even just get a, a titchy bit closer to the point where casual racism and just the oh, oopsie, that just leaves our society. Because I've actually get. I've just had a gut full of it. It actually annoys me, and it's the same fucking gronks. It's these same ignoramuses because they're good at something. They're allowed, like an Eddie Maguire when he was consistently racist all the time, but like, oh, he'll educate himself and he'll go through a program. No, he's a fucking smart man. He's a media conglomerate. He's a business-savvy man. He's not a dumb man. He's just a racist man. Call it what it is, right? He's a racist man. That's why he... These guys do it too much, Mako Shark, and it annoys me. And I know it's a fun podcast, but I just, I'm just sick of headlines and I'm just sick of everything about it. It, it should just be educated and people should just well, fucking get a grip on it and just actually, instead of talking and talking and talking, actually walk it for once and do something to change it. Because I personally have had a gutful. I don't want my son growing up. Not knowing about it, and I, I, I'll do my best to teach him with my very limited knowledge, and my daughter. No, fair call, fair call, Matthew. As you said, you mentioned you're referencing the Hawthorne Football Club and the Alastair Clarks and stuff that come out today. Absolutely fucking yes. abysmal stuff. I just Look, want to be careful I don't think with names. Any... That's all. Oh well, it's alleged. We're not we're not claiming anything here, but hmm. um, you're saying it's a bit like oh, people say oopsie, and oh, I didn't know that, like the Eddie McGuire stuff, which he tried to get away with over and over again. But this one, mate, there is if this is even fucking remotely true, what's going on here? There is no coming back from that. There's no, oh no, I'll learn from this. I'm sorry, nah, that is absolutely deplor- deplorable. Is the word I'm looking for? I know exactly you're what gone, they'll mate. do though. They'll say, you're oh, gone. It was he's just gone. Footy, 
It was no, change room no. chat. That's what they'll say. Like we were jet. It was je- guaranteed. They'll say, I guarantee they'll ham it up that it's just a bit of banter and it's been taken out of context. You watch. That's that's what it. Will well, be. I would hope and, not. And- I would hope not. I saw it written on actually uh, somewhere today. I said. Someone will try, people will try and claim that this will put a stain on Alistair Clarkson's legacy, but they said, no, this is not a stain on his legacy. This is his legacy, if this is true. Yeah, it's actually absurd. It's literally absurd, it's and uh, it, cannot, it cannot be allowed. So let's, let's hope that we get to the bottom of it. We're not going to try and uh, completely destroy a man's character without, I, I don't know. It's hard because it looked like that. Article it is hard. Pretty, but it's not just him. Well it's just a whole build-up make of everything and just the, the, just the casual racism in, in society and then the, just the easy fallback, oh, okay, I'll I'll do a program and I'll educate myself. It's like, fuck yeah, off. No, no, like, no, you're, you're privileged. You know, you know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're saying. There's been enough of this and enough education, enough stuff in the papers, enough stuff on the media, enough interviews. There's a whole actual Indigenous football show if you watch one episode, they, you get a bit of an idea. Just, I'm sick of it, right? And just, yeah, I just think that they need to come down hard on anyone in, going forward. There's just no more of this re-educate. You, you've had enough. We've had enough re-educate, Mako. If you're not educated now, you. you're a fucking dumb cunt and you can move on out of whatever the hell you're doing because you're not, you're not, you're not uh, adding to society. Anyway, I'm sorry, but I just steamed up a bit. It annoys me, right? Good by you, because I then, thought about yeah. putting that in the tank. But I thought, oh god, I'll get too, uh, I'll get too wound up, and it will just wreck the mood of the pod. But no, good well, by you, good by you. Sorry to wreck the mood, but I'm going to bounce out of that. I'm going to bounce out into a UFC review, and I think we got awfully close again, Mako Shark. Did we not? We we, we you, did. Look, you could say we bounced back up to form. I reckon it was a form bounce. I think. I think a bit of a bounce. We've had a rough patch, haven't we? We've had a rough fucking trot of late when it comes to UFC punting. Um, not quite as bad as the uh, old bloke. You watch the Contender Series? There's this old bloke called Gianni on there. He's like this old Italian, like, Jersey kind of guy. Hey, Jersey guy. Jersey guy. He's like 65 years old. He's got gray hair. He's got these fucking sparkling chompers, right? And his job is to do <laughs> tipping on the Contender Series. I think he's his track good? record of late, he's like one out of his last 26 fights he's got correct. Like he's absolutely <laughs> shit Does the he give you the big boat. sparkly smile, though? And then yeah, he does. He's cheese ball and a half. All-time cheese ball. He's like, hey, show me the Gianni. Because his oh. name's Gianni, but like, show, show me, me the, the money. Ja- me, yeah, I it's like it. Show me the Gianni. I like it's, it. I reckon it's almost a stitch-up. Like He's on purpose giving people the wrong tips so the betting companies <laughs> just clean up. Like Something's up. But we've been on a similar path. You reckon something's up with Gianni? Yeah, I think there's got to be a royal commission into this fuck. But um, look, we've been in a similar boat, so I can't, I can't throw glass stones at houses. What's the saying, Matthew? Stones. Don't at glass throw, houses don't because... throw stones at glass houses, Mako. Yeah, you? that's the one, mate. Because, mate, we've stunk here. I've stunk in the Mako multi yeah, for quite a few weeks. But I think, as you yeah. said, a bit of a bounce back this week. We got awfully mm. close to the multi. We got stitched mm. up by a Canadian. Well, why don't you take us through the event just quickly? Because we haven't got it. There's no event this week. So we might just actually yeah. talk about the event a little bit more. We don't want to obviously go too because you've seen it. But we'll, well, maybe you'll just be a little bit more in-depth about actually what happened uh, on the weekend, Mako. Well, we will do that. Yeah, it's a bit shame. It's one of those sort of flat weeks, isn't it? Nothing on the calendar. It's a well, week no, I reckon it's almost unit. opened up for you, though. It's opened up for you because your mob's playing, and if you win, yeah, it gives you a Sunday actually. to sort of watch. Re- it's the re- it's the rinse and replay. You you just have the replay. You know when um you know in cribs when they're like, yeah, I got Scarface playing twenty four seven. 
Got Scarface <laughs> on the 50 inch. Yeah. Got Scarface got on the 50 inch. Got nine PS2s in my car. See my car here? Got nine PS2s <laughs> yeah. in the back. So that'd be you. People come around like, what? Yeah, I got the 80 inch tally with the cat scoring final just on replay, well, baby. Forever. I'll tell you what, if we win the flag, this could go for 45 minutes if I start talking about it. But the cats are in the granny, mate. It's a big week here for the Mako. If we win I it. Give you, I was going to give you some time in the end there. Oh, we'll talk about but it. Go for but it. Yeah, now. no, that'll be on. It'll be on replay in this house for the next six months straight, I would have thought. Uh, it's How exciting, Matthew. It's exciting. Footy is fantastic. Oh, I love it, even though the Clarkson sort of stuff's put a bit of a uh, dampener on the whole sort of sport. Typical but, you know, Hawthorne. Fucking Hawthorne. I could go all day about mm. that fucking pig of a club. Shocking culture mm. down there. Actually, not surprising this has come no. out of there. Horrible no. club with horrible values. But anyway, we'll move on. But the Cats, we're in it, baby. We're looking for 16 wins in a row if we win this. The Swannies, I think, are in a bit of trouble. I think our boys are flying. We look good in the prelim. I'm going to be there. I've got a ticket. I'm going the granny. You're going the granny. The boys. Who the fuck are these guys? You just said we'll move on and we'll talk about it later, and then you just went in another sentence nah, about the footy. I'm excited about the cats, mate. I can, can tell. tell. We're all going to be there. Right up and about. Right up. We've got about. two more. What have we got? Three more sleeps. So yeah, I'm a bit antsy at the moment. It's grand final. It's mm. been 11 years, Maddie, since I've been to a granny. I know that oh, scheme it? of things is not that long. Look, I know. But still, 11 fucking years. Well, I, I go most years. Yeah, I haven't been to a granny for 11. The cats haven't been in it for 11. Oh, actually, we're in it two years ago, but that was at the, the Gabba. They don't count. And if the, the listeners – I'll give you a little count. crumpet, listeners. A little – no, no. What is a carrot? Not a crumpet. I'll give you a, a crumpet, crumpet to hang – No, I'll take a, a I'll give you a crumpet. I'll give you a crumpet. If you stay listening to the very end, I'll tell you how to get into an all-inclusive club later on mm. in the day. Ooh, if you Sneaky tip. I'll be listening all in, to that. All, in, all involved alcohol, marquee, and I'll give it to the listeners if they listen to the end, and that's the only way you'll know. Exactly. you gotta, you got to tease them. I like that tease. So tell me about this UFC, Mako. I'm getting excited. All right. All right. Well, uh, leg one, this was a, a very educated tip from us. We went with Luke Bunmi. We didn't go with Luke Bunmi because she uh, is a fantastic fighter, which she actually is, but we did do it for Kath and Kim purposes. Luke Bunmi, Matthew. Luke Bunmi. Look bon mui. Look bon you, look bon mui, Matthew. So that's why we did it. It's just fun to say. It's just very fun to say look bon mui as Kath and Kim. So if you're out there at home, do that. Each week we're going to do an at-home sort of say something, and that's what you're going to say this week. You're going to say look bon mui. She had a good win. Unanimous decision, Matthew. It was actually an impressive performance against Denise Gomez. Mm. So I was happy with that. Multi was off and flying. Off and flying. Yes. We push on. Yes. Fluffy Hernandez yeah. was our next man, and again, we, it was nickname nickname reasons for the for the multi. Yes. But I also knew he's a pretty good fighter, and he absolutely took this bloke to town. This was an impressive performance by Anthony Hernandez. It was probably his best performance in the octagon to date, no doubt. He's lost a lot of weight. He was looking trim. He was looking sharp, and he was really put a he put a beating on uh, Marc Andre Barriult, the French Canadian. Absolutely submitted yeah. him in the third round. The multi was flying. I was excited. We pushed on. The next round cooked us. Tanner Boza, the Canadian, the hockey player, the man with the – I don't know if he has a – yeah, he does have a mullet. He does have a mullet. I saw him on the uh, Instagrams during the week talking about great mullets in sport. A yes. good shout-out to our man Jimmy Crute. Uh, mullet sort of boys. They sort of are in harmony, in lockstep together. It's sort of like a community. And I, it was enjoyable like to watch, it. actually. They gave a lot of respect mm. to our man, which I think he deserves because it's a hell of a mullet. Absolutely. Absolutely deserves. But so, uh, look, he lost. So he let us what down. Do you do? He, he let us down. We got around him. 
and he fucked. It was a decision loss, Mako Shark. And when I say yeah. that, was was it was no. it a, was it, yeah was it? I didn't see look, the fight wanna... hand on heart. Didn't see it. Was it was it a hard luck story for the boys? Look, it was a little bit iffy. It was a little bit iffy yeah. to be to be frank. I don't want to sound salty because you know sometimes if a multi's on the line, you can be clouded, Matthew. Your judgment can be clouded in a multi when it's money on the line. So it's a great look, opportunity. I'm going to say he was a bit that, stiff, Macon, wasn't there? Hey, missed opportunity. Missed opportunity for you, a segment off the back of that. What's that? To be frank. Ah, oh, yeah. No, missed opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> to be frank, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, look, we'll push on. We won't hold it against Tanaboza because, yeah, it was a bit of a no. stiff decision. But that's all right. Stiff we decision. push on. Yes. Touchy-feely. He was in the multi. Touchy. Another man, based on nickname based. reasons. Touchy-feely. Every time he fights, he's in the yep. multi. It's just how it is. But it's not just because his name's Touchy Feely. It's because he's also a very good fighter, Matthew. And he got the dub. Very good. He got the dub. Another split decision went our way. I think this was a dodgy split decision. I think Touchy Feely all day long. <laughs> I think one judge was on drugs, to be yeah. honest. They often are. They often are, I reckon. They uh, All they're just watching something else. Like the Prez at the Canelo fight when they were watching the college football. Yeah, you're watching bloody Notre Dame or some shit on the other on the on the iPad there. <laughs> Absurd stuff. Matthew, I don't know if you saw it or not, but the next two fights, gruesome scenes, Matthew. Gruesome uh, scenes. Yeah. Some of the all time probably the all time yep. fucking cut I've ever seen in a fight, this one. This was fucked. Rodriguez. This is the I'm yeah, a big Greg, Greg guy. Huge Greg Mate, guy. Are you yeah, a Greg guy? Yeah, yeah, I think. I am. Oh, well, look. I, I like his name, I, Gregory. It's a great name. Gregory. It's a solid name. Gregory Peck. What, like the actor guy. Yeah, the actor guy with the face and the, it's all the nose and the sort of skin. skin. Um, Ro- Robocop, they call him. I tell you what, yeah. and I think it's a an appropriate Fuck. nickname. Cyborg. Mate, that cut was literally uh, that was the Grand Canyon on a man's face. That was that yeah, was yeah. right between the, the eyes Mick, on the bridge of the nose. The Mick Foley giant, wasn't it? Remember the Mick Foley giant cut? Big fucking vagine cut. It was huge, mate. You could have put Lexington Steel in the middle of this thing. Mandingoed him all the way home. This thing was fucked. I don't know if you saw the photo on the Instagram later on that day. That should have been illegal. Did you see it? He's I saw it. Imagine he. Imagine the Mandingo gave him a bloody trivium. I don't even know what that means, Matthew. A trivium. Remember the trivium song? A skull fuck. Oh, a skull fuck. Yeah, now that's. Wow, I've got to be excited. Look, it's, we got days off. I just thought I'd try. I was hoping you'd, you'd get it. No, I didn't get the trivium skull Sometimes fuck I do weird little yeah. left field, <laughs> heavy metal left, field. left fielders, and you get it, and it's just, I like it because no, if anyone does, geez, they pop. They'd almost crash their car, but we actually had to explain it, so it wasn't as creative. But anyway, yeah, we'll no. move on. That one was very, very far-reaching. It was a good one, though. I liked it. But, yeah, this was mm. a fucking giant, giant wound on a man's face. That The Instagram, I think, got shut down and deleted because it was too gruesome. Like yeah. It was a genuine, like, three-inch wide wound. And I've never seen a, a vein. It was the actual vein going from his forehead, like, down his face. Just It was just there. It and disgusting. it was fucking horrifying to look at. Yeah, so that's what that's what Australian media pick up on that stuff, and then they go, "Oh, well, look at these gruesome." Stuff, yes, but that's that's yeah. what happens every time. Or it's when you're trying to sell the sport to your missus. Not that we have to, but some blokes out there probably do. And that's when the missus walks in when the guy's whole skull he's actually hanging, yeah. his whole face is peeled yeah. off its face. And then, yeah, it's always like one in a million, but it always seems to happen at the wrong time. He's oh, okay though. I saw a photo. It looked fine. Fine. No, he's Greg. fine, mate. That's just these blokes are just not normal. They're sick units. 
All of them. They just got some sort of different gene that no, we don't have. Yeah. So that was no, a hell of a performance. Mm. And uh, we push on to the main. Corey Sanhagen yes. versus Song Yadong Matthew. We like our, Song our Yadong, man. but give us the give us the song. Man. Look, Sonia Dada. I don't know if I can break into song again. Can I? Do you want to go for it? No, go, you missed, no, you some, missed uh, the moment. No, it's fine. We missed it. No, no, no you're right. No, no, you got it. It's, it yeah. either happens or it doesn't. Next week uh, potentially, or next time we fight. Yeah, that's fine, Mako yeah. Shark. It needs Sonia to be an organic sing. Organic sing, or it's not a real one. Exactly right. Sanhagen, Yadong, big fight, great fight, quality main event, high level, high level fight. Sanhagen proving just to be another a class above. He's looking for a title shot at some point soon, I reckon. And another doctor stoppage, though, Matthew. This was another brutal cut. He absolutely opened up an absolute gaping wound on Yadong's face above the eye there. Mm. It just kept getting worse and worse. In the end, a good doctor stoppage, or as Conor McGregor would say, doctor stoppage. Doctor stoppage. Yeah, Tell him it's Dr. Stoppage. So, Mago, we got all correct bar one. We did, mate. We, we tipped Sanhagen. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we missed out on hundreds of dollars. I'll tell That's you fine. what, though. We, we do say, though, we do say when we give you these tips, we go balls to the wall for the podcast and for you people. But if we give you five, six legs, don't necessarily, we say it every time, you don't have to do all five, six legs. You can do three. You can do four, you can do one, you can do five. You, you don't have to do all. And if you hadn't have done all, you probably would have won. So the smart ones out there won. 100%, mate, 100%. Due diligence. That's all you got to do, due diligence. We do our best and fuck, we come close. But uh, that's punting, you know, palm bet, gamble yeah. responsibly. We say it week after week. Now, Mako Shark, I uh, have to put my hand on my heart and apologize to yourself, to your mortgage, to your banker, to your lender, to your wife mm. who you took out for squid fucking... Cocktails, the squid sauce, the bloody king, the king prawns, the bloody, you know, the big how are you doing out at uh, Rabira's there, the seafood tavern, all the places that people seafood go and platter. You know, fucking Surf platters, and platters, surf and turfing, oystering, oyster bars. Patrick. And if you had checked your account on Wednesday, you may have been in a bit of trouble. My ticket and flick it went down the toilet. And oh boy. Uh, yeah, um, look, well, I mean, I don't know what to say, but I will apologise because, uh, I mean, one, I got one out of three. So it's, and, the, and the one didn't look very – Joe didn't look all that good in that one either. I actually thought I was going to go zero from three, Mako Shark. Do you want? Do we want to comment on this? Well, yeah, take us through – take listeners through what your ticket and flick it was last week. It was the uh, – It was the Bowler, no the Bowler Constrictor. No limits card. No limits. It was, uh, no limits card. A couple of friends Jackie of the Bowen. pod and a future hopeful mm. friend of the pod, but – uh, Jackie Bow, uh, the boa. We uh, we had a chat with a good a good, uh, I guess uh, mentor of his and a, and a man that's part of that team. We had a good coffee with him during the week, and he, he look. I won't go into detail, but he he's just a freak. That man with his boxing mind, how he can uh, sum up a situation. Did, you know, he said if he gets caught into that sort of that pub brawl type thing, it, he might be in trouble. Didn't say he would. He said might, but he ended up getting knocked. Out, our man, Jack. Mm. And I look, I just think that what that is, Mako Shark, that's just a man that's still young in the sport. And, you know, the veterans don't get lured into fights that suit the other man. So you could see he was jabbing him at will. He was boxing his face off when he wanted to. And then when he sort of got lured in, then he was copping punches. And, I mean, that mm-hmm. 
Let's not take anything away. And I probably should apologise to his opponent. It was uh, Reynolds, wasn't it? Re- Reynolds Quinlan, yeah. yeah Reynolds yeah, Quinlan. So I, I gave him a man. fair clip last week, Reynolds. And I, Strong look, man. I'm, I'll tell you, right, I had the Boa blinkers on and I'll talk. Anyone gets in Boa, the Boa's face, I'll, I'll be disappointed. So that yeah. nothing against Reynolds. And I'll say well done on an absolute uh, seamless performance and a great game plan from you and your and your team. And you, you went in there and had a plan and executed it beautifully. And I think it started at the way-in when you sort of got in the grill and then put on the sort of knockout of the night and put the bonus. And then you got our man thinking about sparking him and not just boxing him, Mako. Because when he boxed him, he was winning. He was when winning. He, he was came, winning when he fight. came in, it became a brawl. It was worrisome. And geez, he ate some punches, our man. Jack, he's a very tough guy. Absolutely. And that he one that knocked him out would have, would have knocked anyone out. And, it, and the ref not stopping it and not and allowing oh, him to roll yeah. around like that is just – Jeff yeah, Fenix, no. very good, picks it up, Jeff. Jeff's like, uh, that's an absolute disgrace from that ref. He goes, the ref had his back to him um, while the poor fellow was trying to roll. So if you're listening, as you would be, because you're a friend of the pod, but we, we, we love you. And uh, – we just want to. We hope you're well out there, the Boa, and we uh, we know, and your fans, and all your friends and family, all know you'll be back. And that's just a very small speed bump, Mako, in a, in, a, in what's going to be a, a world class career. But yeah, just saw a little bit of uh, just a lack of experience, I reckon, against the. That's best. all it was, mate. That's all it was from Jackie Bowen, our man. I tell you what, as you said, he's, he was seven and zero going in, and has really just sort of taken everyone apart. Hasn't really had yes. to be up against too much uh, adversity to this point, and as you said. He can take a shot. He he took a, quite a few shots and showed a lot of heart, a lot of determination. He wasn't going anywhere. So eventually caught one, dropped him. These things happen in boxing. As you said, a little bit inexperienced. He, he ended up, yeah, just I don't know if it was uh, emotions or what got the best of him. But that's all right. You learn from these things. A man like Alti, our man Altamira by his side, it's, mate, he'll be back. He'll be back better than ever. There's no doubt about that. And, we might cop a bit of grief here occasionally for being too one-eyed or too uh, too biased in our men, but, mate, I won't apologise for that. If you're a friend of the pod, you're a friend of the pod for life, and we're going to back you in no matter what. So it's Team well, Jack Bowen for life. I don't give a fuck, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't yeah. Who? On Instagram. Few, a couple people tried to clip because I was getting around him on the Instagrams. That weighing shit pissed me off, and I, I said a few things on Who the Instagram you? about Jackie Bowen all day. Like this is just this this is well, over. Bloke slid in today. Bloke slid into the page some blokes, today. Some blokes clip you and go, "Oh, geez, this fucking age, this didn't age well, did it, mate?" And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, "No, it didn't age well." But you know what? No apologies. I'm always going to support our men. Well, no, it did age well because he did act like a fucking ignoramus at the weigh-in. The other bloke, disrespectful, and uh, look. It didn't age well in a sense of the result, but the the the, the action of the bloke that didn't go away just because he won. He no, exactly. still acted disrespectfully. Exactly right. So let's just fucking don't be doing the slide in after the fact. Anyone can do that. Have the plums to actually show us exactly. where you said that Reynold Quinlan Soft. would knock him out. Tell, show us proof that you fucking wrote that anywhere because no one would have actually said that. So let you know if you show us proof that you said that well then we might say okay tip your hat do the old fucking kevin costner in yellowstone with that nice hat you do a tip of the yeah you come in yeah well done well played but unless that I mean how easy is it to sit around on instagram fucking looking for people to actually have the plums to have an opinion and then wait for the result and then clip them i mean jesus christ where, where are we at one, always okay. the way i tell you what so that was the first one for, uh, it was um yeah, no and then we the you, you you tell us what happened in the second one because i I've, I've had a big part in the bow in there you 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 run us no, through the no, next no. one 
No, we won't go into it too much, but there was actually a uh, that last week's guest, the yeah, man, the hype beast, Benny Hussain. We were excited for this fight, and he was looking good again. Just unlucky, an unlucky night for the podcast, friends of. I tell you what, he uh, Ben Hussain lost against Lockie Higgins, must be said. Barbara Higgins looked good, got a good punch in, stopped the fight there, and I think it was pretty early, wasn't it? Third or fourth round, something like that. Yeah. Hell of a shot. Yep. Respect to him. We probably, again, we, we, I should you know, apologize to Bubba. We probably got to apologize oh, to blokes, mate. I apologize we to Bubba. We should get him mate, on. Actually, well, yeah, I said I wanted to get him on, but I actually I treated him more as like a stepping guy, and that's disrespectful. And I, if he comes on, I'll actually say, I, I'll put my hand on heart and say, I, I from what I, I didn't feel he had the ability to win that fight. Um, so, again, hand on heart, apology. You uh, you look really good, um, and I'm excited what's to come for him. And I know our man with the the chat we had with him and the, the what he's been through in his life and the adversity and where he stands today as a man and a, a, a partner and a, fam, a, a, a father, that uh, he'll, he'll be back too. So, look, we, we, as we say every week, Maker, we're two blokes, right, without a clue. We just show, we just try and give you an honest view of how we see things, and sometimes we we get them wrong. Well, mate, I tell you what, this is combat sports, boxing, MMA. It's a cruel, cruel sport, mate. It doesn't yep. care about your your feelings or your good luck stories or your or this or that. It doesn't. It's a it's an unforgiving bastard. This sport, and if you're not switched on at 100 percent every single night, you can be switched off yourself. So. These things happen yeah. in the sport, mate, and uh, we're, we're not going to apologise for, uh, you know, getting around our, our friends of the pod. So these things happen. We'll push on. They do. They'll push so on. So we lost that one. And, uh, um, everyone's happy. And then uh, Big Joe won. So one from three. But then I saw that um, Big Joe made a bit of a dick of himself. You see yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm, and look, I'll tell you right now, we're team Big Jacko Murray, Sex Ooh, Source yeah. Murray. We're a sexer. big Sex Source fan here. We love the big Sexer, the big Ruder Jacko, right? We're... So when I saw him clipping him, I'll put it. I'll put it out. I wasn't. Now I'm not that excited by Big Joe Goodall. I, I saw, he couldn't get his words together. The poor fella. But like, fuck, it was embarrassing. Did you actually see it? Look, I did see it, Joey, mate. I saw the call out. I'm not sure it went down too well. I think it went down like a fight in church. This one, I tell you what, the sex hat, Jackson Murray. He's laughing. I reckon this fight needs to happen. Let's book it here on the podcast. Who the fuck are these guys? We're going to book it right now. No limits. Whoever the fuck Joe Goodall goes with, I don't even know at this point, but let's get this fight going, Matty. Let's book it. Two of Australia's best heavyweights. Get them in the ring, mate. I don't think Gallon's going to fight you, Joe, all right? So Jackson Murray wants to fight, Matthew. Do you reckon get this fight going, or, or what are we going to do here? I think 100% we get this fight going. Um, and uh, I don't know why I called him Sex Source when his name's Sex Hat, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, think I like Sex, sex Source... source. Jackson Sauce Murray. This is big. This is a very big. This fight's going to be big. Let's book it, mate. We're booking it right now. Let's, Let's book it. Let's tag. Go. We'll tag them both in. <clears throat> uh, yeah, reel the shit out of this, Mako Shark, and you get them in and do the tagging and all the nice hoo-ha that you do. You're very good at it. And um, going to happen. Look, I think Big Jacko will account for him. Look, at this point, I would think the same too. Well, that's fantastic, yeah. isn't it? We've, we've done go. well. So, anyway, um, what do you think, just quickly, because I'll be conscious of time, what, what do you think of the big uh, main event? Interesting, wasn't it? I thought uh, the first bloke, Hannon, he put it on him a little bit. It was pretty good early. Uh, he did better than expected, I would have thought. He uh, he made Gallum work in those four rounds. Yep. People, I think, were expecting him probably to get knocked the fuck out early and Gallum just sort of saunter off. But, no, he had to fucking dig deep in those first four. And he was mm. gassed. He had a bit of a cut under the eye there. 
Hannon did all right. I reckon he uh, wouldn't be too uh, unhappy with his performance. Dead ringer for Tom Wimborne's brother. Like, dead ringer. Like, yeah, everything about him, haircut, head, body, the way I could imagine he'd fight would be – I was freaking. Tash was freaking. I'm like, Wimborne's brother is fighting Gallon. That, that's how much – it's a dead ringer. No one knows mm. who the fuck Wimborne – but I just – I should have told you that off air, really. But anyway, I, that, that's what this It's an off air story, is. but you're right. It, it, it is right. 100% <laughs> correct. Sometimes the old off airies come in, Mako. They come in the off airies. And then uh, what do we have? Hodges. Hodges, the big man. He looked he fit. I told you he looked he put, fit. He put the fucking hurt on him early too. Dropped Paul Gallon there Dropped at him. one point. Made the thought, mistake of out. dropping him and then hoo-ha. gassing out. Yeah, it was a hoo-ha moment. Out, That's what happens when you're not a boxer. You just gas the fuck right out, don't you? <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, isn't it? Like the fittest guys just like in six seconds crumble. Like it's, it freaks yeah. me out. It, like the gas tank just does not exist. Nah, well, it's fucking hard, isn't it? It's brutal. Wow. Not only are yeah. you just exerting energy, you're in a fight. Like, so the adrenaline's up and about. You, you, I think it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to do it. My gas tank no. would be on empty pretty, pretty quickly. And there was a bit of a di- early stoppage. Um, so they might go again, those two. Mm, look, yeah, maybe. Probably just put the cue in the rack, I would have thought. Well, Paul Probably. makes over a Miller fight, I think. So I think he's pretty happy just to keep going. <sighs> He's making that kind of squid. You got to think, how's that possible? That's a lot he of sells squid. the paper, sells pay per views, maker. I guess he does. Does he? Fuck. Yeah, right. See, I, fuck yeah, I'm so does. removed from the rugby world. I just don't get how big these blokes are. Now, big as big as anyone. He's as he's bigger, right? He rep, he's represented yeah. the country. Like, he's bigger in Australia than any real any AFL player. That you can yeah, play. I know. See, yeah, it's totally lost on the Mako Shark. Like because the Paul Gallon could know. walk down the street in Melbourne and get noticed comfortably. Any of your players go into Sydney or Queensland or any or Perth, majority of them don't get noticed. You don't think my big fella Sam DeConning's not getting noticed on the streets of Brisbane? Well, he, but in, well, in Perth, he just looks like another he's Perth not, sexy mate. surfer. He's not. No, he's not. I was just right. making a but joke. Gallon, he's clearly not getting recognised. Gallon's strutting down St Kilda, St Kilda Road. He's getting noticed. Look, I've never even heard of buddy Ben Hannant before in my entire life. That's where I'm at. So, yeah, maybe they sold a shit ton of pay-per-views. I hope they did. I, I want no they limits do, to uh, make the big moolah. Yeah, the moolah, men. So, this week, Mako, I don't think there's any boxing or UFC. So, um, there's a grand final. And yeah, I'll tell they've, them uh, this is my little trick. Clean air. They've given clean air for the grand final, AFL, the real sport, the real so football. The, tr- the trick is, Mako Shark. So there's a big uh, all-inclusive alcohol event. People pay thousands of dollars, sponsors. It's one of those lick fests where they all lick each other and they're all sort of, hey, we're high society types. You know, like the birdcage at the races, right? Yep. So the game finishes. This is outside the ground. Yeah. Correct. Big outside marquee, massive marquee with all the different marquees of different suppliers. So, yeah, you know, Spirit Company, CUB, SEN, all those types of things, right? Mm. So you wait. You go over to like the Hilton. You have, a, you have a quiet cocktail there. You wait till about sort of six where it starts getting dark, right? And then you walk down around the members and then you start walking the concourse. And what happens? All the oldies have had enough because they've been there since 11. They've had enough. They yes. all come out. Yep. They come out, maker. And you just approach very nicely. Have you left that function? Because you can see the lanyard. They go, yes. You go, may I have your lanyard and your wristband? <laughs> now, nine times yep. out of ten, they say yes because they don't give a fuck. They're leaving. So you put the yep. lanyard on. You cut the wristband off them, and then you just do a little, you know, a little cheeky little little chick, 
And then you go, and then the man at the fucking, the security guard could give two shit. At you just walk in confidently, time. yeah? It's about confidence. A confident walk in, and you're in. And then it's open slather at any of the uh, sites. I'll tell you what, mate. I'll tell you what. No matter the result, whether I'm up and about, dick in hand, we've won the flag, or we've lost, I'm shattered, I'm crying, my dick's in my pants. Either or, I'm going to go in there and, and either celebrate with some piss or condolences with some piss. This is big. I'm going to try. Are we going to go for it? Oh, we're going. You take a punt. We'll let the listeners know how we go next week. We will. We'll take a photo. We'll do a little fucking the big sneak. We might, we, might, we might go live. Hope the security guard's not listening. He might actually. If he is listening, it means he loves us. He'll Just let us let in us anyway. In. Yeah, Correct. Exactly. Fantastic. We're, we're fucking golden. Mm. So anyway, right. I mean, that's probably bored the pants off boxing fans, but that, that, that's just what I was just giving you a little tip for free grog. No, nah, well, fuck. It's AFL Grand Final, mate. It's the best day on the calendar all year. This is mm. the day. I'm excited. Yes. I think you're reasonably excited. No, I'm very excited. I, I love going to the big dance. It's fantastic. Mm. It's good to see quality outfits, as I've said. So uh, it's the biggest dance. Um, I don't really have anything else, Mako Shuck. I will say it was nice to go. I had a little visit on another podcast last night. I think you've been on there. So now we're 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 two timers. Mm. There was uh, the, uh, the 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 punt returner. So if you're a fantasy football or a football sort of head, get NFL. over and give them a listen. NFL, the American stuff, course, NFL sorry, American football. stuff. So went on there, Mako Shark, and um, had to face uh, some some uh, some strong because uh, I, I lost on the day. So I'm zero and two this 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 year, and I lost oh, to the commissioner in Brian. So. Um, but it was all very fun, all very fun. It was good. They, uh, they've got a new man in there, and it's a bit, a bit zippier than per usual. So uh, anyone that likes that stuff, get over there and give it a listen. But um, yeah, it was quite good, pod. Mako Shark, to not sort of not not be your thing, and you can just sort of just be led by other people. It's quite nice. Yeah, you get to be a guest on another pod instead of uh, shouldering the load as a host on Australia's hottest pod. So it'd be less uh, less stressful. Yeah. Yep. So what, anyway, though, that, yeah, you go. We've missed one thing here. We should just quickly, just quickly mention here. It would be remiss of us if we didn't. Yes. Canelo versus Triple G just happened on the weekend. Oh, we, didn't, uh, we almost sorry. fucking forgot to speak about that. Like, Jesus, there you fuck go. Fuck me. There you Two go. Two blokes the grand final. Yeah. Tell yeah, us about I'm it. I'm too excited by footy. But Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady, which is a strange name. Let's be honest. Who's going to say it? Yeah, I'll it say it. It's a strange name, Gennady. Can it not Gennady. be that? Can you just change your name, please? Mr. Gennady, yeah. like, what are you doing? Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, Kevin so Lachlan. Yep. And, uh, mate, it was exactly what we said it probably would have been. It was going to be a, mm. a, a nice fight, a tight fight, a tussle, but Canelo, I just thought, was always going to just be at this point. Uh, there's still a little bit too uh, too classy for him at this age. I think Gennady's just, Triple G's <laughs> just a little bit older, and uh, Canelo just had his number. Ever seen uh, two men make easier money than that? Wow, and there's that too, isn't it? 40 just, mil. Yeah. 40 mil, easy. Canelo. 25. Gennady. That's easy right, money. folks. Gennady. Mr. Gennady. Um, 40, 25, and that was the gap. That was like, that's minimum. Yeah, it's ridiculous. John F. Gennady. John <laughs> John F. Guinea, it's very good. Oh, fuck. So they've made, you know, they not one of them got hurt. You know, just fucking, nah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Nah. It's, a, it's a wild world we live in. So a 40-25 split. We also forgot Mako Shark. It was actually on the run sheet and we forgot about it. 
Mm, Contender series? We didn't talk about the seventeen-year-old. Oh did. yeah, shit! I had to talk about that. The uh, the freakazoid, the fucking genetic yeah. experiment. Like a mini Bigfoot. It's like a mini Bigfoot. I reckon this dude. Isn't he what, mate? Isn't he what? Here's the head on this kid. The seventeen-year-old. Raul. 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 The smooth sounds of Raul, ladies and gentlemen. The soothing sounds of Raul. The soothing sounds of Raul, ladies and gentlemen. You had honey in your voice tonight, Raul. Do a song for it. What, mate? Raul Rosas Jr., a 17-year-old phenom on Dana White's Contender Series, has just earned himself a contract to the UFC, and he put on a performance, mate. This kid, I tell you what, mate. This is just absurd. You shouldn't be allowed to do these sort of things at uh, at 17 years of age. He doesn't look 17. It must be said. This guy looks like he's coming straight out of a genetic exhibit. Like, a, what's the word I'm looking for? An experiment. His yeah. face, he does. He looks like a mini little Bigfoot Junior or something. Like something's going on. Yeah, this can't, something's he's got. He's got something going on, mate. This is not normal 17 year old behaviour. Um, check his birth certificate. Do something because this is absurd. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if he. Mate, the sky's the limit for this kid. Jesus Christ, his jiu-jitsu was on another level. And he took apart another jiu-jitsu sort of practitioner. It just made him look like an amateur. So scary stuff from a young man. Could be a force to reckon with at 17 years of age. And that's the thing. It's almost bizarre he's going to be in the UFC. Because you think, what happens if he goes in and does get smashed around a bit? It almost like fucks his development, isn't it? Like You can get fucked around for a few years and you're still only 20. Like. It's very bizarre. Happened to uh, that weird-looking uh, child man, Norska, Nors- Norska nuts. Sage Norska, yeah, he come in a bit yeah, early. Norska, as soon as you start, been spat out. You get spat out of the system, chewed up. So you don't want to hurt this kid's development by putting him in too early. It's it's frightening no. to be honest. But look, if he can do it, good on him. But I think yeah, yeah you're going to see this new uh, generation of blokes coming up now, Matthew. This generation that now have grown up with MMA right and they it's actually going to be in the next five to ten years I reckon we're going to see some talent coming through that's going to put everyone to shame because like the sport in itself is still in its infancy Matthew it's probably 25 to 30 years really maximum this sport really has been going and uh, so now we're going to see this first generation that's grown up with it and they're going to be training from the age of like eight just doing straight MMA and it's just going to be sickening so it's going to be my children will be part of the Part of the process. Hey, little Leo, he's going to come up and be an absolute cyborg. It's just no doubt. You tapping blokes out at age six. That's uh, absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. He'll be. Uh, he's actually weirdly. I don't know if it's because he watches. And look, this is. I'll discuss it on here. But he punches now. He punches me like mucking around. He, he, yeah. he wrestle, but then like he he clenches fist and actually throws them. And I'm like, mate, like, right. come on, what are you doing? You're you're, you're a young man. Let, let's just. He's like we're punch daddy. I'm like, like yeah. You, so I don't know if it's because he watches the UFC. I, mean, I don't know if it's a if that, is that bad parenting having him around when that's on. Like I don't know. I'm not sure. My first, you know, is that bad? I I say you do not hit anyone else but me. Right? So at least then he knows he can hit me, and I take yeah, the brunt. I guess it's all about just know, guiding. And he loves and it though. Teaching. He sits there and watches. He watches it. He I loves think that's it. Okay, I don't think that's a bad thing as long as they get the right guidance and they know not to go to school and start bloody. Boston crabbing people and bloody doing all sorts of rear naked chokes. As long as they don't do that, I think it's fine, Matthew. I think it's fine. I think it's uh, setting a. Uh, oh, I think it's fine, mate. As long as he's punching you. He's just good. fuck. It. He's three in October. I mean, he's not doing it. He's not punching you to hurt. But like he generally like clinches fist. <laughs> it's mm. the left, right. I'm like right. Okay. Well. Okay. All right. 
Let's just not do that's that to right. the kids at fucking kindy, though. That's it. That's it. Except for no, little no, Bowie that be... bit him. Kid bit him, right? Bowie. So uh, I might tell him if Bowie bites you again, the little fucking vampire fucking horrific kid, Bowie. Bite. He goes around biting. Bit Rick Midler's kid. He's a biter. <sighs> Come on, Bowie. Yeah, Who's get him Bowie's parents, mate? Don't know. Snuffs, obviously. Wrap it up. But, so maybe I'll, if he gets bit again, I might say, next time that kid latches onto you like Jaws, give him the little Leo left, right. David Bowie. Have you got any uh, – what's that one from the old uh, Flight of the Concords? Um, got any Bowie, David Bowie, baby? <laughs> you wear the funky, funky eye patch, Brett. That one. <laughs> Do you have many oh, – fuck, I've forgotten the he many says, He just Chinese keeps saying, but doesn't he keep saying, like, David Bowie, baby? He keeps saying, I have it all in maybe the top I'll, of Maybe I'll tongue, insert it. What's, oh, maybe I'll yeah, put it some, in for you, Mike. Uh, David it's Bowie, a lot of Concord stuff, David. It's very funny, very humorous. You wear the eye patch, Brett. That's all I can remember, but it's fantastic. Yeah, anyway, let's wrap it well, up. Well, Mako Shark, look, I'll say to you, good luck on the weekend. For the love of God and this podcast and this show and our careers and our futures, we need the Cats to win. The listeners need the Cats to win. I need the Cats to win. Your gorgeous uh, family need the Cats to win. Your daughter hasn't seen a Cats loss. So I yeah, gather yeah. if you if you if you put you know in the NFL and the NHL they do these things where the dogs push the balls down the the stairs. We don't have to worry mm. about that to know who's going to win because your child's alive on this planet hasn't seen them lose. So guess what? They're not losing. They win. We need. I'll actually tell you, Mako Shark. I I've actually said to many people that want to listen. I I don't want to mosh you, but I actually feel like you're going to win by ten goals. I think it's going to be one of those fucking like. Just everything I'd comes say. good, and you just put a clinic on for four quarters, and everyone goes, "Yes, yes, we should have, we should have saw that coming." Of course. Yes, yes. yes. I hope anyway. you're right. Fuck, I'd love mm. it. But, have a great uh, day there, mate, and uh, all the best. Love yeah. you, and uh, and I'll see you on the day. You take us out. You will see me with on anything the day. you need uh, to say. Okay, I've got nothing to say. Just that if we do lose, I'll give you a, a, a spoiler alert. You know what's going in the Shark Tank next week. I'll tell you that much. But. Um, <laughs> Love you, love the listeners, love the podcast, love Ben Sassoli, the Combat Wombat, Hex, Fight Series, November 18th, Melbourne Pavilion, get the fuck down there, he's going to bash a bloke, and uh, yeah, that's it for me, bloody root me. Who the fuck is that guy?